Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. You ever watch a competition show? Gladiators, whatever your show of choice is. Mine, to be completely honest, and I'm not embarrassed to say it because uh, I like it, American Ninja Warrior. Mm-hmm. To see them go through the obstacles and then have to go through all that and you like, oh, I know tearing them forearms up. And then, you know, the the things that make them climb and then they get to the last one and then now they got to jump the wall. Beat that wall. Beat that wall. And which one you going to choose? You going to choose the regular one to the left or you going to choose the one that if you run it to the right, you get 10 stacks. Like $10,000, sir, ma'am. How you going to do it? And then, boom, based on your time, you hit the buzzer and now you in the top whatever finalists and then you go ahead and you compete with people who was just as fast or just as good and now the two of you gotta duel it out and you like oh this is amazing but then that's not all right then you gotta go and at the end go through a whole nother obstacle course that is like dun 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 that kind of thing right and you watching people go and it's like bruh just make it it's another five floors another whatever but just go ahead and go and you're cheering your person on and you're like yay and when they hit that buzzer they look exhausted but they did it man they did it it was this other one that I was watching and I forget the name right now but I know that the host was the rock Mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson, and they were, oh, thank you. It was called The Tight End. Mm-hmm. And so but this one was like celebrity kind of thing. Like he was choosing celebrities that were known like Victor Cruz and other people who were going to compete with just regular, you know, small Joes, whatever. And come to find out, the celebrities wasn't getting, they wasn't given what it was supposed to have gave, right? And so it was just amazing to watch the super strength of going through all these different obstacles to then get to the end. And what they had to do was drag a chain and ball that was also hooked up to uh, like a mallet kind of hammer type of thing because they were going to need that for the last obstacle. Yo, when it came to this ball and chain, people were not even getting it to budge. A lot of people did the whole, okay, I'm going hee-ho it to the front. Like, it looks like you you on a boat and you're rowing. Other people kind of, like, got behind and locked their they elbows together and was, like, dragging it like it was a huge bag of laundry. Like, people were doing what needed be, to be done. But at the end, whoever was the strongest had to go ahead after dragging that. And this wasn't no, like, softball, basketball. This was, like, yo, like, it almost looked like one of the rocks that may have closed one of the tombs back in the days. And after... After all that, now you got to get the super strength to then mallet this little hammer thing, get the key out, put the key inside of the whatever they had at the end, and then turn it, and then, yeah, you're the new Titan. And out of all of that, what that screamed to me is they understood the mission. Now, I know the young people now like to like to say, you know, you understood the assignment. Yes, uh, assignment was understood. But more importantly, um, they understood the mission. Every so often I ask God for a word that's going to lead me through the year or lead me through a particular season of my life. And I started noticing a trend. 
First, I was talking to you about being frustrated. Then I was talking to you about looking at frustration differently. Then, you know, most recently, disappointment, right? So I was like, God, give me something that's going to kind of anchor me. I know that the word, you know, the proverb says that fear is the foundation uh, of wisdom, right? Fear of the Lord is the foundation to wisdom. And so I believe that when you are anchored in God, some things are produced out of you that you could have never done on your own. And so I'm very clear on that, right? And so I was like, all right, God, well, I need something that's going to anchor me as you elevate me. Because what what I'm starting to notice is uh, I am anchored, but my anchor is based on contingencies, like I will be happy when kind of thing, right? Or um, oh, I'll be so happy. And so it's all these different contingencies to my joy, to my happiness, to my excitement, to my, and I don't want to feel like I'm on this roller coaster experience, but I actually, that's how I'm living my life. I don't want to feel that. So I asked God, I said, for how I'm wired, I need you to show me something. I need you to give me something. I need you to impart something into me that makes me start to look at my life differently, customizable to how you you made me. And the word he gave me was mission. I was like, hmm. He said, you know, you are very, very, very uh, analytical. You are very missions-based. You are a planner. Uh, that's one thing about me. If I plan to do something <laughs> and and I know God's a part of it, it ain't really too much that's going to happen that's going to make me um, break my, my plan, break my focus. Like I don't get out of character because I'm on a mission. And he said, that's exactly how I want you to see every area of your life. So I was like, hold up. Wait a minute. It's just 22. <laughs> what you mean? And he was like, for instance, um, Let's just say baby boy Joseph. I said, okay. He said, do you realize out of all the things that he went through, getting sold by his brothers to slavery, then being a slave and getting fibbed on by Potiphar's wife, then being thrown in jail, he wasn't supposed to be in jail, but he went ahead and, you know, did whatever needed to be done and got excellence and got in a place of authority there and then went ahead and dissected a few things and you know networked and got his way out of there eventually just to be second in command in all of his land do you see anywhere in there that he complained I was like no do you see anywhere in there where he gave up he felt indifferent it was just like forget it I guess it's just just you know my lot in life kind of you know I was like no and I was like, you know what? And he had all right to, but actually I, I'd never read that. He said, have you ever wondered why? I was like, actually, yes, because I said if there was ever a person that I would want to ask a few questions to outside of Eve, but that's a different story, different conversation, different grandbaby, we're going to keep it moving. It would be Joseph because I really wanted to get into the nectar of his emotional center and say, how did you do that? And not a want to at least punch one of your brothers in the face. Like, bro, I'm going to chip one of y'all too. <laughs> like one of y'all going to have to get the Nas effect. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if you want to rap when you get older but it's about to be a rap for your front tooth like I would have had to put hands on somebody but how did you let old girl say something about you and then like part of his wife like she was a little bit grimy like bro you didn't want to just real quick be like hey 
let me just see if their address is still the same. <laughs> I still know how to get there. I don't know how to you know tell nobody else to get. I still, you know, just walk down there, a couple of trees to the left. Like, you didn't want to just peek to see if she was still breathing, hear what happened to her, nothing. Like, you didn't want to feel that a little bit, the vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And I really would have wanted to sit with Joseph. But, yeah, God, now that you said that, I always wondered, why didn't he complain? And God was like, because he understood the mission. I was like, you know what? You definitely told Buddy in his teenage years that uh, he was going to be in the place of authority and his brothers was going to serve him. He said, right, um, it's a blessing when I give someone their mission early because usually when I give it to them early, that means that they are going to encounter a lot (laughs) <laughs> a lot of, um, you know, backlash, difficulties, E or the above. But if they hold on to my word, they will see my promise. I said, mm. So I connected the fact that Joseph never complained because he was anchored in the mission. Joseph truly understood it. It was like I could complain, <laughs> but if. It's going the way that it's going and low key God's giving me a preview of like how this is about to look because even in jail, he was in high authority, even as a slave, he was high authority. So God is still showing him, you know what? Um, I know you heard me when you were 17 and thank goodness that you didn't just look at it like, you know what? He did say higher authority, right? I guess he meant in jail. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is just my my lot in life. These are just the cards I'm going to have to go and play. This is my hand and I'm going to have to deal with it. No, something in him connected to this is no. God told me, I don't care how many years ago it was. I don't care that it was when I was a teenager. God told me that I was going to be in a place of authority. My brothers were going to serve me. Period, point blank. I don't care what it looks like right now. I don't care what everybody else is seeing it as. I'm living the life. And I know it don't look like the way that God said, but I can guarantee you that what I see now is not what he said. So I'm going to keep living until I see what he said. If he said it, I need to see it. And if I haven't seen it yet, then it's not what he said for me. So I'm not going to settle here. Point blank all the period. So I was like, mm, Joseph, you know what? I t- Hats off. I ain't going to hold you. And then God was like, also David and Goliath. Yeah, uh, David had to go ahead and connect to the mission of uh, killing the Philistine. Right, because when he went down there with the David DoorDash situation, little Uber Eats real quick, uh, he was like, wait a minute. He started gathering information. Read your Bible. That's between you and the Lord. He was like, so what do you get for killing this Philistine? I don't have to pay taxes. My family don't have to pay taxes. And I get to get a bad chick, one of y'all. Oh, his daughter? Bet. Uh... (laughs) Uh, hold my bag. Uh, matter of fact, take this real quick. Yeah, let me go ahead and and, and, and tighten these sandals real quick because I don't want any piece of sand getting in between me and this man. You understand me? And it was about to be a situation. And the whole entire time, people were trying to talk him out. His brother Eliab was like, oh, where's your few sheep? You just came out here to try to start something. And then Saul was like, "Uh, I think you should be thinking, bro. Like, Goliath, he's been in war since, like, a youth. Like, he kind of, like, his hands is something like Mike Tyson. Like, he may be in a golden glove situation. Like, I just want you to kind of, oh, okay. I can't out talk you. 
cool. Then let me go ahead and give you some of my armor because at least if you're going to go out there, go out there covered, you know, looking like the part and this, that, and the third, you know, you should look like this. And the same thing we do in corporate, right? Because if you're going to go out there, you might as well look the part. No, how about you just go in there and be yourself? Maybe God is trying to put a, a specialized, customized situation or, or a blessing on the situation, but you missed the whole thing because you went in there being somebody else, and God just wanted you to be you. And that's the word right there. Yeah, oftentimes you're walking in the shoes, you're walking in the cadence, you're walking in the rhythm of somebody else, and God is like, I was trying to use you to make a brand-new song. And here you are walking into a whole melody that I'm trying to break up and you adding stanzas and choruses and like, what are you doing? Oftentimes you miss God because you have an idea of what it should look like. And God was like, but I had the idea to use you. Yeah, oftentimes like there, there is a, sometimes you're so needed that the person doesn't know it until they see you, but then you went in somebody else's shadow. Because you rehearsing what you should say in the interview. Because you dressing like what Buddy said he may be attracted to. And then you figure, you know, um, the dudes with the beards, they're getting this attention, so now you want to start growing a beard. Maybe God didn't have your future wife attracted to that on purpose, sir. Maybe that's why, that's why it's not connecting on the sides, hmm? Ma'am, maybe God has it that your particular husband doesn't like that body shape, but you're trying to save up for the BBL, hmm? Too much? No, it's just enough. Um, maybe, just maybe, uh, your husband doesn't want certain things that you're looking on the outside saying, okay, well, these are my new pursuits. And it's like, but the desires of the heart of the person that God assigned to you, maybe that's not even it. So now you're being overlooked and you have no idea why. And it's because what he's looking for, you took away from him. What she's looking for, sir, you took away from her. Why don't you peel back the layers of what you thought and just ask God, what was the mission for your life? What was the mission for you? What was the, what was the mission for this particular situation that you're currently facing? There is something that is in you that is being overshadowed because of what you're putting on you. Whether it's an ideal whether it's a way of dressing, where it maybe you're somewhere he told you, I don't want you living there. I, I told you to go live over there. Maybe it's a group of friends. He's like, bro, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get you in a different circle, but you keep bringing the same triangles with you. Like, come on, bro. Like, do you understand? Do you not hear what he's trying to say to you? Do you hear him now? Do you need to change spiritual uh, phone carriers? Like, what you need to do? You got mail. Like, are you checking your inner gut? Are you checking how the Holy Spirit is nudging you? Are you checking the things that God is like, I have been trying to get your attention for the last three years on this one matter, and I cannot get to you. And as a matter of fact, the people that I have connected to this assignment can't even receive you because you're so lost in how you think it should look, how you think it should flow, and how you think you should talk, and how you think you should talk, and how you think you should talk. And I'm getting stuck on that because sometimes we look at people we admire and and we copy and paste instead of being personalized and being you. You are the thing that attracts prosperity. Not what you think, but you. 
There's a certain way that you carry yourself, the way that you think, your course. It's so many different things about you that is so attractive to the people who are supposed to be assigned to you. You are on assignment. And you have people who are assigned to that assignment. But yet you don't understand your mission. So when you fail, it's not just the assignment that fails. The people who are assigned to you have to now be rerouted. Is that fair? Moses led all the millions of people out of Egypt. All 511 million of them. Moses failed, and because he wasn't a strong enough leader, the first group of Israelites wasn't led right. They were led astray. So then God was like, yo, you know what? For every day that y'all were out there spying the land, trying to sample what I already called you to, <laughs> you tried to sample something. God is like, why sample it? And I already got you the whole, I bought it for you. Why, why try to get the postcard? I already got you the island. Why try to get the hors d'oeuvre? And I got you the whole kitchen. Why are you trying to test drive? And I already bought the car for you. Why are you trying to go ahead and look at the model? And I already bought the home for you. You're trying to sample something and God already purchased it for you. So for every day that y'all was out there trying to sample the situation, that was cute. That was 40 days y'all was out there. Cool. For every day, that's going to equate a year that y'all going to wander in this wilderness. So them boys had to go ahead and wander for 40 years. 40 years. So Moses failed the assignment. The people assigned to him then had to be rerouted. And then what happened? It was like, Joshua, come on, bro. You up next. <laughs> and then Joshua was up next with a whole new group of Israelites. I don't think you understand how important your mission is. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that you really get the gist of like, oh, now I see what God is doing. Do you really? Do you really? Or is it that every time that something frustrates you or every time something doesn't go your way or every time that there's any kind of, uh, you know, something that comes against it, you just get so frustrated because for some reason or another, you were convinced that you were just supposed to be walking on sunshine. <laughs> like you just thought it was going to be a walk in the park and you forget that Jesus literally walked it out for you so you would see what it would look like. Like, if Jesus went ahead and he had opposition, why you thought you weren't? Like, if Jesus had people talking about him, why you thought you weren't? Like, if Jesus had his inner circle turn on him, <laughs> both Judas and Peter, why you thought that you was going to have all A1s who were super-duper reliable and, like, you can count on them to the end? Like, I, I think that we forget that, yeah, Jesus was our Savior, but I think that we also forget that he was the example of everything that we could possibly ever, ever experience. And I, I love the fact that God didn't give me a savior who couldn't uh, understand the human lifestyle. God, you don't understand. That was my day one. Really? Because Peter definitely said, bro, I don't know him. No, but you don't understand, like, my family, like, we're not as close. Really? Because I don't read anything else in the Bible after Jesus was 12. I don't see nothing about Joseph. <laughs> when, when we see Mary to the end, right, Joseph, where you at? 
because if what happened? Yeah, if Jesus had some brothers. They made some cameos. They wasn't really. T- I, they wasn't tight. It didn't look like to me. Hmm? No, Jesus, you don't understand. It's like I worked so hard and I get really because Jesus was a carpenter. Out of all the jobs he could have had, he cho- it's like he chose the one that was the most difficult. You wanted something that's going to build with your hands, was going to be hard work, was going to be sweaty. He didn't smell good, okay? I don't know what type of deodorant Jesus used. I don't even want to think about Jesus being musty. But, uh, yeah, he understands. No, because you don't understand, like, where I came from. Really? Because I remember dudes saying, uh, does anything good come from Nazareth? No, because I feel like I'm behind. Really? Because Jesus started his ministry at 30. Like, do you see what I'm getting at? Like, what excuse you got? What excuse? You got a savior that's really like, bruh, with the side lip. Like, I lived it. I walked it so that you could never use it as an excuse. Ever. It can't be the thing that stamps the, oh, I understand. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right, because 30 is kind of late to start something. Like, no, there is no pass because you feel it in your emotions. Just admit you feel like giving up and you want to, and if you're cool with your story ending like that, then okay, then let that be your story, but don't try to carry it with an excuse. Don't make excuse a supporting role. It don't need to be the supporting actress. Why? Because that's the character that you chose. So nothing else needs to support that. Your story needs to look a lot like I gave up because, period. I just didn't feel like doing it no more. I gave up. I didn't see the value in the mission no more. There was nothing about this mission that made me say, oh, okay, I want to continue. So you know what? I just was like, eh, it's better to stay right here. So I decided to stay where I'm at in or- instead of seeing the mission through. I want you to be 2,000 with yourself, Right? And you know I'm always going to go ahead and try to connect some things to the Bible. And I thought about Mary. I said, bro, I I honestly, if anybody would have been like, time out, this is too much, it, it, it should have been her. Because she didn't have, uh, I'm talking about from start to end, was just like uh, jumpscare.com backslash wow, right? And so I want to go ahead and I want to go to Luke 1. You know I read from the NOT version. And I just want to just give you a little snippet of like what Mary may or may not have been feeling. So verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which was her cousin, by the way, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, 27, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Very important sidebar because Jesus came from the bloodline of David. Good job. 28. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favorite woman. The Lord is with you. 29. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. 30. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. 31. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. 32. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. 33. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. 34. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. 
35, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. 36, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. 37, for the word of God will never fail. 38, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Let me tell you something that I really, 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 really love about God. When he blesses you and he knows that it's going to be a heavy weight or a big mission, he always makes sure that you have the comfort of not only knowing that it's from him in the spirit, but he gives you someone else that can be your iron to sharpen your iron while you're going through that experience. How beautiful for Gabriel to let her know I know that you think you're going through something impossible and you probably want to feel like nobody understands you, but don't worry because I also made your cousin pregnant and her pregnancy was low key impossible too because people were calling her barren. But guess what? She's very much six months (laughs) and you know, do what you will with that information. But I just need you to know that God is in the impossible business. I just need you to understand that what people thought could not happen. I need you to understand that um, your blessing is not contingent on other people's thoughts about you or your situation or E or the above. The beauty of that is just knowing that if God said it, then it don't need to be understood by no one else. Hate to be cocky, but I'm cocky. You understand? And what got me is just tracking in other versions of the Bible, just kind of seeing how Mary had to, all right, she was in route one way. And then the angel came to Joseph in a dream was like, "Uh uh-uh, take Mary another way. And then Mary had to go ahead and, you know, give birth in a major. And I, I know her smell capacity was like, bruh, I cannot smell this and be in labor at the same time. I'm sure she was nauseous. I'm sure she was swollen. I'm sure she's probably really hungry. I'm sure she did not expect to give birth to the Messiah, okay, Uh, with her husband and a goat being her midwives. That probably wasn't it. I'm sure that wasn't the ideal, you know, first pregnancy, first labor and delivery situation that she was looking for. I'm sure something in her was like, bro, I have nothing sterile to, to wrap him with. Nothing to, what do I do? What do I lay him? What do I, you know, nurses come in now. They teach a baby how to go ahead and latch on. That's a really difficult thing. What do you feed him? You can't feed him nothing else. So Mary was the first one to teach her child how to latch on by himself. Like, it's so much going on. And you know what? Never read a complaint. Never read that Mary was like, oh, Father, why have thou forsaken me? Or said anything that looked like, bro, this is not how I seen this going. When Buddy came to me, okay, because I didn't do anything to call. I knew not a man, sir, (laughs) which means I saw something wrong with a little bump and grind before marriage, okay? And so what I'm trying to say to you is you came to me. You came to me. You came to me with this mission. You came to me with this, hey, by the way, you finna be pregnant. You came to me and gave me this huge 
important big pregnancy probably the biggest pregnancies in all of the land okay not only are you carrying something that is from the lord you carrying something that's going to save uh the entire world his kingdom's going to last forever he's going to have a throne bro this is a lot of pressure you understand I never kissed nobody like this is a lot of pressure and what i immediately connected to with mary was she did not let her emotions override the mission the mission was so real it was so potent it was so connected to her heart that she did not allow her emotions to cloud what she knew to be of god what she knew to be true what she knew to be her mission my challenge to you I want you to look at the areas of your life that you're having the most difficulty with and ask yourself, what is my mission here? You looking at the people at your job and they getting on your nerves and you hate going in there, you blah, blah, blah. What's the mission for your career? Is it this job or is it to be great? Is it this particular cubicle, or this office, or is it for you to go ahead and get this experience and flip it so that you can make more and be greater somewhere else? Is it, what? what is it? Is it that you, you were supposed to go ahead and change the corporate climate, but you went right in there and started going ahead and gossiping and adding to what, what was already there? there so did you change it or did you aid to it like what is going on what was supposed to happen with this particular home did God want you to go ahead and put roots in it and, and make it your own like what is it you are so focused on your emotions that you forgot the mission what is the mission is the mission a time frame or is it listen if I still got breath in me, then that means I still got time. And are you slowly but surely making sure that your mission is an everyday attempt? I used to make the mistake of saying, okay, I need this by this time, and I need that by that time. No, why don't you just make that your mission statement? You don't need to put time frames on your mission statement. Your mission is already timed. It's from the time you was born to the time that God says, I, you did what you, I gave you the time that you need to come off off the court now. Somebody else is going to get some play time, right? Start looking at it as my mission. Expand it more so that when somebody gets on your nerve at work, you don't have a bad day because it's not about the job. It's about the mission that God placed on your heart. It's about the greatness that he put on you, that you don't get upset when you go take a pregnancy test and you see that it's not positive this particular time. It's okay. The mission wasn't that pregnancy test. The mission is pregnancy. It's motherhood. However, God decides to bless you with that. The mission wasn't for you to go ahead and pay that particular bill this one particular time time it's so you can go ahead and get out of debt period for all time it's bigger than these one little incidences that you're seeing that you're putting so much emotionality into these little incidences that you're getting anchored and you're getting and and because of that that anchor you're getting sidetracked to what the true mission was if God put a mission on you, do you not know that the enemy is going around trying to figure out how to derail you, how to distract you, how to depress you, how to go ahead and, and make it where you think that you didn't hear God? It's all these competitions, carbon copies, if you will, to God's master plan for your life. If you are his masterpiece, the way that the Bible says, then know that he has a master plan for you. Do you know your mission? 
And if you don't, that's cool. Step back a little bit and visualize a blank canvas and ask God, what's my mission? And God, make it so plain to me, make it so clear to me that when I'm confused in my emotions or the day-to-day interactions or I didn't get good sleep this night or whatever it is, remind me, hey, it's bigger than this one particular night of sleep and this little situation at hand, this one incident. Your mission is bigger than that. So I need you to keep going. I need you to get up and say, you know what? (laughs) Okay, I may have tripped. I may have even fallen, but I can still walk. So that means the mission is still in play. Like, listen, player one is what you need to go ahead and start calling your life. Because it's a one-man mission at this point. And whatever comes along and tries to go ahead and alter that, you need to remind you this mission is bigger than you. No, the mission wasn't given comfortable birth. The mission was to birth the Messiah. Mary shouts out to understanding the mission. The mission wasn't to, you know, be fully prepared and um, for all, you know, put on the armor and of Saul and do all the things that make you look like a soldier. No, David understood the assignment. The assignment was very much kill the Philistine that is defying God, period. Whether you got to pick up five smooth stones, whether you got to hurry up and run real quick, however it looks, if you got to take his sword and go ahead and kill him and chop off his head, you understood the mission. The mission wasn't to go ahead and, you know, you get in jail, rebuke that in the name of Jesus, or you go ahead and you get to this one particular place and you get a little bit of authority. So I guess that was the mission. No, God said that you were going to be second in command and that your brothers were going to go ahead and serve you. Understand the mission, because when you understand the mission, it does not stop till you see it. It's like God promising you a Porsche and someone gifts you a Toyota. And you're like, well, I guess that was it. What? God said Porsche. (laughs) No, don't get confused. Well, this is a car and someone did gift it to me. And stop contorting God's promise. He said what he said. He gave him birth to the Messiah, ma'am. Nothing else to really talk about. Sir, you are going to rule. Your brothers are going to serve you. Does this look like this? That's your litmus test. Start looking around and going, God showed me a number and a salary, and I've been, I, I, I know it in my heart that this is the salary that I was going to get. So why am I getting offers that are twenty and 30000 below that? Well, you know what? Then maybe he means take this job and then um, go ahead and take that experience. And then that's not what God said. What you're doing is you're contorting what God said to fit your circumstance. And that's the issue. No, so, so when you get to that job, don't you dare complain, but God, I thought this was you. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I was very clear. <laughs> I was very clear. I said, uh, your brother's going to serve you. You see your brother's here? Okay, so then keep going. Ma'am, you know, I, I said you were giving birth to the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really, like, why are we still talking? There's nothing else to talk about. It's a, it's a boy, name him Jesus. Why are we still talking? There's nothing else to discuss at this point. A- everything else in your life, God said something to you, keep going. God even gave you the characteristics of what your future spouse is going to look like. Why you get to someone else and you have a little bit of chemistry and now you're confused like, ah, I think this is, why, why are you thinking? God already told you. No, it is what it is. 
God said your husband is going to have. God said your wife is going to have. And then you met someone who came mm, slightly shy, close to it. No, go ahead and marry them if you want. God's anointing is not there. Stop contorting God's promise. I'm so glad Mary didn't do that. I'm so glad Mary wasn't like, okay, real talk, let me say something. This is my first child. And, like, I, I respect Gabriel and all that, but, like, this is my first baby, like, my first, first baby. Um, I really like the name Jesus. Not, like, no shade, but, like, I was thinking more, like, you know, like, Joe Maria. Like, mixing the names together because it's cute, right? You know, your first baby, you want to mix Joseph and Mary and make it, like, a you know and kind of do something like that matter of fact i think joel is kind of cute on a low i know it's going to be an oc in a couple of decades and trek A's from now um you know and what if she was just like god he can be the messiah but like can i name him no like, i believe everything that you said but just the jesus part you know i'm thinking more like james right he matter of fact this baby look like a james i ain't gonna hold you Stop contorting God's mission. God didn't say that. He was real clear. You're going to have a baby as a boy, okay? Name him Jesus. He came from the bloodline of David. He's going to be born in Nazareth, okay? Um, Bethlehem, okay? Uh, and I'm giving you all this information, not because I like to talk. I'm giving you all this information so that you know the barriers to where I'm taking you. You know how you play bowling and, and the babies are not so good, so they go ahead and put up those little boundary things. And so that no matter how the baby throws the little bowling ball down the lane, um, the ball has one route, right? And it just so happens sometimes to be a strike. And the baby's like, yay, I did it. And you're like, yeah, it's because the guard guardrails were up God's word to you when he speaks it in your heart when he gives you something he's not just speaking to speak he's speaking because he's giving you guardrails so every dream you've ever had every heart's desire you ever had everything that has ever been placed or spoken onto you that gives you a little smickle of excitement of a goosebump of a oh I think you're talking to me kind of thing even now I want you to understand that those are the guardrails so that when you walk into the path of life and you start getting things added to you and things that's trying to go ahead and change your direction and the way that you're thinking. I need you to look at the guardrails and go, but that's not what God said. God said ministry. God said marriage. God said home. God said that state. God said missions. God said, what did he say to you that you're not remembering? Do you not see the guardrails? Do you not, like, you ever tried to get so far out of it and then was like, I, every time I try to do it my way, I feel like I keep coming back. Because he is not going to, one thing you cannot say is that God let you fail a mission. You did it yourself. You either got comfortable at one part and you stopped being the, the rolling bowling ball. Or you literally were so defiant that you were like, I'm going to try my best to get out of this guardrail because I, I don't know, this is the structure, the kind of like, and you just wanted to be th that defiant that you wanted to get out of the guardrail? That doesn't make any sense. I need you to understand that everything that he ever spoken to you is still true. It's still true. It's still in a queue. It's still very much going to be a part of your life. Are you brave enough to 
put a picture to it, visualize it, write it down, make it plain. That's what Habakkuk 2 says, right? And that though it may tarry, though it may delay, it's not a denial. Read it. It literally is there for a reason. God has given you all these extra things to make you feel like, you know what, I feel like God is talking to me. Um, he's not doing it so you can feel good for a moment. He's doing it to remind you there are guardrails for a reason. I spoke to you early so that you could not faint early. I spoke to you early. I told you what your mission was. I trusted that if I told you at this juncture in your life that you will let nothing else take you off this path. If I gave it to you, I don't if it was 20 years ago if I gave it to you it is now your mission to never come off this path and everything that comes into your lane has to be measured to the guardrail does this look like what God said does this sound like what God said that is literally your you have your marching orders God said you're going to get paid this much. God said that he wants you in this city. God said that you're going to be married and you're like, wait a minute, that's too soon. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I didn't say something to make you comfortable. I said something that uh, was going to confirm that I said it. Because in and of yourself, you would have never married such and such. In and of yourself, you would have kind of, you know what, gave that another year or two. In and of yourself, you would have tried to put your own analytical, logical reasoning to it. In and of yourself, you would have tried to wait one more year before you asked for that particular raise. In and of yourself, no, God knows exactly how you are. So he puts up this guardrails to remind you, but what did I say? I'm sure Mary would have wanted to have Jesus, but once she was married to Joseph, that would have made way more sense, right? Then it, it would have stopped the people from talking, right? And then it would have been all these other things that would have possibly been comfortable for her. She wouldn't have had to run. You know, why don't you just let her have the baby, let her name him, and then let a, a midwife come in that's also a prophet and say, can I say something real quick? That's the, that's the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have the throne forever. And they're like, oh, okay. And then real quick, I'm going to go see my family. And then y'all never come back. And then nobody knows anything, right? That would have been way better. But you did it in a way that was like, bro, I would have never done it like this, right? Because God always does. He has a certain flair to how he delivers a message so that you can know that to know that you know that that was not you. Because most of the time we'll go ahead and be like, did I even hear him? Yes, bruh. You know what the litmus test is to that? That if you said it, it would have made more sense to you. <laughs> you would have never moved to that place in and of yourself. Not now. Bruh, your bank account. But you ain't got no, but you ain't got no job. But you ain't got no support. You, you gonna bless me with that house now? Wait, God, I didn't, um, I didn't, yeah. It don't make no, it would it doesn't have your imprint on it, does it? Then it gotta be who? Not Ghostbusters? Hmm? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yo, it's so much in me. It is so much in me because more than ever I'm starting to realize that once we understand the mission, nothing in between can derail you. 
Bruh, it, it takes so much attention, so much tenacity, so much grip to go ahead and trust what God said. Because when he delivers it, you're like, what? I'm going to have a baby and I never even knew a man. What? My brothers are going to serve me and that's out of order because you're supposed to serve the oldest and I'm the youngest. What? Bro, oh, I've been a shepherd my whole life and my brothers who are in the army is scared of Goliath. What? It takes so much to Wrap your mind and your being around the thing that God is prompting you to do that you really should have no time, no space, no energy to factor in anything that anyone has ever said or will say to you. Your life's mission is trying to wrap your mind around. That's what God said. (laughs) He said, I'm going to be what? (laughs) Really? And that my voice is going to be heard where? Really? I can't. That imagine somebody else coming in and saying something. You should have no, no room for that. Bro, let me tell you, what God is saying is drowning what you are trying to go ahead and derail me. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and just be 100 with you. I hear you, but then again, I don't, sir. <laughs> I hear you, but then again, I don't, ma'am, because I'm still trying to, wow, God, you saw that in me? Really? Huh. Little old me from New York. Hmm. You understand? Little old me from filling the blank from whatever that good grandbaby is. You understand? I just want us to win, bruh. I just want us to win. And we win. And I'm starting to realize it now. See, the mistake was letting my eyes be open. The Bible says those who hear shall hear. Those who see will see. Like, I, the, the the problem is I see now, buddy. Like, the problem is I hear now. And now I'm like, wait a minute. When you understand the mission, you crack the code, bro. Bruh, you cracked the code. You you cannot be shaken. You cannot be dismantled. You now have the key to to the to anything that tried to cripple you. It's like y'all yeah, understand that. But guess what? Y'all, I used to look at videos of Kobe. Buddy broke a leg. <laughs> Listen, he broke some stuff, sir. Ma'am, they told him stay off of your particular limb. But he was like, oh, okay, and went to the gym anyway. Why? Because he understood the mission. The mission was a championship. The mission was the NBA. The mission was get it done. The mission wasn't recouping on the leg. And you know what? At least you were known in high school. When you understand the mission, tenacity follows. Your body is like, bro, I don't care what this feels like. God said, he put it in my heart. So it has to be. And I'm sorry if I'm screaming at you, but I'm screaming at us. You letting these people dismantle something that God said. No. Saul was like, yo, you sure you want to go with Goliath? He's been in the... He's been in the army since a youth. I'm not going to let you dismantle what God put in my heart. Then why would God put in my heart that I could take down this Philistine if you can go ahead and take it out of my heart? Why would God do that? Stop letting people, no matter their stature, no matter their title in your life, no matter how much you admire them, stop giving them the access to remove the thing that God put in your heart. Because they can't see what what God said. You wasn't supposed to. You wasn't in the camp when Gabriel spoke to Mary. You wasn't supposed to believe I'm carrying the Messiah. 
You wasn't there when I was killing lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. So, yeah, I can't understand how you think I can't take down Goliath. You wasn't there when God put that dream in my heart. So I can understand how you don't get that my brothers are going to serve me. Do you understand what I'm trying to drive home, bruh? Like, let's get it. What's the mission? What's the mission to your marriage? What's the mission for you getting your degree? Just for you to get a piece of paper? It's going to get rough, but it wasn't about the class. It wasn't about the assignment. It's about the mission. The mission is you getting your degree for what? What did God put in your heart? You doing that business assignment for what? What did God put in your heart? You want to have kids for what? What did God put in your heart? What did he put in your heart that somebody else can speak out of it? Somebody else can pull out what God put in your heart? How? You can't do that much access? Time to put up the guardrails. Time to put up the guardrails, bruh. It's time. Because you letting people put you in the gutter with it. It's time. Because you letting too many people put you on pause. How? Man, listen, we don't get off this phone. We're going to be on this for another 55 minutes. I'm telling you now because I'm hype. I'm on one. You understand? I'm done. The enemy don't win no more. I'm done. He only wins with your assistance. You got to stop for him to win. You got to believe that that wasn't God for him to win. You got to feel like mm, maybe this is not it for him to win. You are the main character and who wins this particular mission of your life, you're going to believe God and see it all the way through to the elemental P? <laughs> oh, don't rain me. Faso Latino. You're going to see it all the way to the end? X, Y, Z? That's what you're going to do? Or you're going to go ahead and get stuck real quick because it became too difficult because you ain't getting no help because you, you don't know nobody else who has done this and you don't understand I, I didn't have the fill in the blank. Really? Really, bruh? Come on, bro. What's the mission? What's the mission? Look in the mirror. What's the mission? <laughs> yeah, we got to get the phone. Listen, um, because I'm hype and I got a little bit of attitude. It's not with you. It's with the enemy because, like, real talk, like, you can't steal no more of my peace, my time, my anything because I understand that these little moments in time that you're trying to get me to react on does not even equate to the overall mission so you don't get any more play the absolute end might drop if you will but I feel like you got what you needed mm -hmm. life-provoking conversations conversations that nope because hurry up because I'm upset these con what are these conversations Okay, life-provoking conversations, conversations that nobody else is going to have with you, but who your favorite homegirl very much. Okay? Um, come on, bruh. The mission. Yo, you can't tell me Holy Spirit wasn't on one with this phone call. <laughs> I ain't going to hold you. I'm hype. I, I, I got to go. I ain't going to hold you. I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. Because if I keep talking, we're going to keep talking. And I, Holy Spirit, do what you need to do. And everyone, listen, do what you need to do. Because if I keep I got to go. I'm going to, I just said, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. Right. Okay. So hang up. All right. Later.